Hey guys, it's Noah. Before we start today's show, I just want to give a quick warning that there is a little bit of uh, adult language in today's show. Uh, that's because I did an interview on someone else's podcast where the language was a little bit more relaxed uh, than I usually keep it on my show. So I thought I would just give fair warning if you're listening to this at work or around your kids. Um, I'm going to be you know, bleeping out the rated R stuff. But uh, anyway, discretion advised. Godcast, the official podcast of Northern Indiana Atheists. And now, here's your host, Noah Bush. What's up, all you non believers, and welcome back to There Is No Godcast. The official podcast of Northern Indiana Atheists? Uh, yeah, so, sorry guys, there's something wrong with the teleprompter. Somebody put a question mark on there, and you know that if it's on the teleprompter, I will read it. Uh, what's up guys? Welcome back to the show. We've got, um, well, let me, let me start by saying that I am a dirty liar. Uh, I sit on a throne of lies. I know that last episode I told you guys we'd be back to our normal, uh, you know, studio format with a guest and all that fun stuff, but, uh, well, I don't know. I guess that's not totally untrue. Um, I've got kind of a special treat for you guys today. I, I know I really enjoyed it. I was actually um, invited on to another podcast, um, the Mindful Skeptics podcast with Boyce Littlefield. Um, Boyce reached out and asked if I wanted to come on the show, um, and before we started recording, he said, hey, you know, do you want to use this for your show? And I was like, well, yeah, I mean, absolutely. It's More content is better. So, and we, you know, we're all about the cross-promotion. Um, all of us want to get the word out about all of these shows. They're all, you know, we're all trying to do the same thing. We're all trying to get the word out about atheism and, and promote positivity about non-belief and um, secular mindsets. So I was all about it, and I actually, I really had a lot of fun. Uh, doing it, not that I ever doubted I would, um, but Boyce is a super nice guy, uh, and he's he's doing a great show, so he was kind enough to uh, send me the audio from the, the interview that we did, and that's going to pretty much be the, the bulk of today's show. I've got a few other things to talk about. Uh, we've got something coming up that maybe I'll come back after we do that interview, and I'll tell you guys what's going on, uh, but yeah... For, for now, we'll just kick it over to my interview with Boyce. And be sure, if, if I'm, I hope if you're listening to this that you're on, you know, you're on my feed right now. But if you're, um, if you're here listening to this on There Is No Godcast, please also do me a favor and go over and check out the Mindful Skeptics podcast with Boyce Littlefield. Subscribe to that. Listen to his show. Uh, he's a super nice guy, and I had a really good time going on his show. So that's a, a big reason why I wanted to, you know, use that content over here to just kind of, I don't know. He did it. He did a really nice thing for me um, promoting the show, and he was very supportive. So I kind of want to return the favor, and uh, it kind of makes it like a two birds with one stone thing that we, you know both get an episode of our show out of it. So, hey, uh, I'm a busy guy. So if I've got, you know, 30, 40 minutes of content, I'm sure not going to waste that opportunity. So I hope you guys enjoyed as much as I did. Take a listen. All right. So here we are with Noah Bush of There Is No Godcast um, out of Goshen. 
No, well, you, we're out of the South Bend area. South Bend area, yeah. And he's the official uh, host of the official NIA, Northern Indiana Atheist um, podcast. I guess you'd say you guys are in cahoots. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we're, we're symbiotic. There you go. <laughs> Back scratchers. Well, I mean, we've always kind of approached it in the sense that we're sort of separate entities. You know, mm-hmm. like they, they are what they are and I am what I am. But we, mm-hmm. we re- like they were looking for a podcast and I was right. looking for support for my podcast. So we just mm-hmm. kind of joined forces in that way. That worked out pretty damn good. Yeah, it did. <laughs> um, okay, so we're, we're going to start with jumping into the uh, thir- Baker's Dozen and then we'll go from there, okay? Right on. All right. So first question is what's your favorite food? My favorite food? Yes. I mean, can I be like a totally basic, you know, and just say pizza? Probably because I, <laughs> I put a lot of thought into these things. I'm really into having favorites. I don't know if you've ever seen a movie called High Fidelity with John Cusack. Yes. Well, a big part of that movie is they're always talking about top five all-time favorite this mm-hmm. or that. And I do that shit all the time. <laughs> so I put a lot of thought into this. It's probably just pizza. Like straight up pepperoni pizza is my barometer for food. Everything else is compared to that. Gotcha. Hey, you can't go wrong with pizza. <laughs> no, you can't. That's why, like, I'd always try to come up with a more, like, I guess, unique answer or try to, like, impress people with my answer. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, I, the, the truth is pizza. Like, I don't – it's popular for a reason because it's freaking delicious. <laughs> You're damn right it is. There you go. And, uh, so what is your favorite music or artist? Billy Joel. Billy Joel and Billy Joel. Billy Joel and Billy Joel. Okay, yeah. squared. Perfect. Well, yeah. what's your favorite song of his then? Scenes from an Italian Restaurant or Zanzibar. Depends on what kind of mood I'm in. Gotcha. One is one is a really popular, you know, Seams mm-hmm. is probably one of his more popular songs. Zanzibar is a little bit more of a deep cut. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I was raised on Billy Joel. Like my mom always had all the cassettes, you know, that we'd put on in the van, in our big conversion band when I was growing up. <laughs> um, and it's just always stuck with me. The man, the man is the greatest American singer songwriter in history for my money. Fair enough. <laughs> That's at least your convictions there. <laughs> Didn't hesitate on that one. No, I like that. <laughs> sure. Okay. So what's your favorite TV show ever? Oh, that's a that's a tougher one uh, because it's, you know so many different TV shows are just so different. But again, this is kind of a basic answer, but I probably have to say The Wire. I mean, it, it really is amazing. If you haven't seen it, it's it's pretty incredible. I've seen some of it, but I don't have cable in the last three and a half years, so I haven't watched much of anything. If it's not on Netflix or Hulu, I just don't. Sure. I don't get to see it. Yeah, I mean, I, I could rattle off answers to that question probably for the next five hours and still not cover most of it. But The Wire is fantastic. I might have said Game of Thrones had a shot, but the last season was, you know, kind of oh, a turd. That was a hot turd in the middle of the plate. I'll tell you, that was just a shit show. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't a huge Game of Thrones guy, but I have so many friends that are like, you got to be kidding me. And I was like, well, if it's got this many recommendations, I had to check it out. So I started binging it on my free time and I got caught up to this season. And then again, I'm a cheap ass. Sure. So I put in a new email address for a, a seven-day free trial. Right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I did it six weeks in a row. <laughs> new email address. <laughs> Just a new email. Uh, but I watched it. It was all good. Well, let me say, let me add one more because okay. I would say that if I had to say what is like the best show ever made, I'd probably say The Wire. But I'll admit, and again, I don't know if you've seen it, but it's not super rewatchable. It's mm-hmm. kind of it's kind of exhausting. It's kind of an investment. What I would say is my favorite like rewatchable show is probably The West Wing. Oh. Right. Yeah, that's a, that's Any, a good anything one. anything Aaron Sorkin did, I'll rewatch. But The West Wing is you know fan- that's is one awesome. of those. Okay. Yeah. So here's another good. I'm sure you're gonna have fun with this one. Is what your top three favorite movies? 
top three favorite movies. Yep. Well, I can give you the, I can give you two easily because okay. what I always tell people when I'm asked this question, they'll say, "What's your favorite movie?" And I'll say, "Well, do you want the answer that I give or do you want the truth?" And they'll say, "Well, what's the answer that you give?" And I'll say, "The Shawshank Redemption," because that's an easy one. Mm -hmm. um, but the truth is The Exorcist. I'm a huge, ah. huge horror movie fan. Mm -hmm. um, I actually do this whole thing every October called 31 for 31, where mm -hmm. every day of the month I watch a new horror movie and just write a little mini review on it. Uh, I have kids now, so I don't actually sit and watch each movie every day anymore, but I still pick one yeah. and, and write about it. <laughs> um, I, so let me think, what would be like a third one that I could throw in there? Oh, man, I'd probably pick some kind of comedy, like it's like The Big Lebowski or something like oh. that. Back to the Future, you know. You had me at Lebowski, man. That's there a great you go. Show. The there dude is awesome. <laughs> abides. I am. I am an ordained Dudist priest uh, minister. I can marry yeah. people with the dude. The power of dude invested in you. Yeah, it's like it's like a registered oh. as a religion. You can be certified ordained to marry. Yeah, to marry people as a. I think they call them Dudist priests. It's like the Church of the Lebowski. Dude, that cool. is that is awesome. I have to look into that. I just want the credentials. Honorable mention uh, <laughs> to a movie called Seven Psychopaths, criminally underrated. It's, oh. it's gene Have you heard of Three Billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri? Uh-uh. That was a really big movie a, a couple years ago. It, was, it almost won Best Picture. Um, Sam Rockwell won an Oscar, which was overdue. Um, but the same writer and director did a movie called Seven Psychopaths. He did another movie before that called In Bruges. And they're both, they're just, you have to watch them. They're I, amazing. I think I've seen Seven Psychopaths. At least I've seen it somewhere. You know, I don't yeah. know. Not to go look at it. So that's yeah. why I love this. I get to find more stuff to watch. <laughs> right on. Colin Farrell, Christopher Walken, um, oh. Sam Rockwell, the, the kid. Uh, Ed, uh, why am I? Dude, I like Rockwell. He's he's a he's a genius. He's underrated. Yeah, criminally underrated. Yes. <laughs> okay. So, what is your favorite book? Favorite book? Uh it's another tough one because in the last five years, or so I've started reading a lot more because of audible audible makes it i don't i don't do well with like visual reading i just yeah. kind of have come to peace with that so audible was a game changer for me um my favorite book that i ever read i usually say abraham lincoln vampire hunter which is a lot better a book than most people would think that it would be mm -hmm. but probably critical failures by robert bevan um it's i'm, I'm a huge nerd it's, it's kind of jumanji meets dungeons and dragons it's okay <laughs> and actually the, the author is actually someone i've kind of come to be friends with he's an independent um author and it's a whole series of books i actually have a podcast dedicated to those books that was the first oh. podcast i ever did um it's you know total gutter humor it's hilarious it's addictive it's a whole series so i'd say probably my, my favorite book. oh and the narrator on audible is is phenomenal jonathan sleep shout out to him so i'm yeah. gonna say crit critical failures final answer well make sure you send a link for that for your other podcasts i want to dive into that one what, that, what was it called the first one you did you said the first books? critical failures is the name of the book series mm -hmm. um it's well actually i think the series is called caverns and creatures which is sort of like the their version in the story of, of Dungeons and Dragons. And I okay. assume changed it for copyright purposes. Yeah. But the book, the book's called Critical Failures by Robert Bevan. Okay. And what was your podcast called though? You did. It's called The Chicken Hut, which is a reference in the books. If you read the book, okay. you'd get what The Chicken Hut is. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. So if money was not the issue, what would be your top three places you want to visit on planet Earth? On planet Earth, well, I'm glad you restricted that because my goal, all kidding aside, and I'm not joking, like before I die, I want to visit the moon. And I think that's entirely plausible in our lifetime, but that's a whole separate conversation. So if you hadn't restricted it to like 
this planet <laughs> planet earth yeah i would have said the moon um i don't know like I, i'd love to do it's hard to pick one in europe but i would say that i'd love to go to europe and just buy like a euro pass for the train if yeah. that's a thing and just like yeah. go all around europe i would love to do that um i would love to see dracula's castle which i would be covered i suppose with europe um I, that, i've been there by the way have you really you've been to castle dracula yep in in, ah. uh, in romania i went to romania and bulgaria in the military yeah that's so awesome i just went crazy. from six to midnight man so i you it's, probably shouldn't use the video for this it's so awesome because uh yeah all the gypsies are out there selling shit and hustling and it was really cool just to go through all the little passageways and stuff it's one of, it's a tour we did in the military it's probably one of my favorite things i've done just legit history and you can see the field where he where you where you uh, where he impaled, impaled everybody the people. and you can tell why he put it there and it's just this is where you come <laughs> Wait, I love that. Field. You can tell why. He, like, you're like, hmm, you know what? I'd never impale a field of people, but logistically, I kind of get why this was practical. Yeah, it was. It was a great setup. You got to walk through forty. They said up to forty thousand bodies, right? Skewed in the ground, and you got to walk through miles of dead carcasses and smell it, throw up, and it just installed fear. I just love that you're being perfectly <laughs> earnest in like admiring the man's pragmatism. That's that's amazing. It, it, he made sense at that for what he did. It made sense. That's for sure. <laughs> so I'll say, I'll say castle Dracula. Um, okay. I'm a huge history nut. So I'd love to go anywhere where there's like, uh, like I'd go, I'd love to go see some of the sites of the crusades and like where the Knights Templar and things like that are, are buried. Some of those castles. Mm -hmm. um, and then I would say, Oh, I don't know. Maybe like Australia. I've had a lot of people who have gone to Australia who've told me that it's just a beautiful place to go. Yeah. What's well, a big country. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a continent. It's big as the United States. Yeah, tr yeah, it's true. It's I'd a love big to go ass to Antarctica, just because it's so inaccessible too, you mm -hmm. know. But I don't know. I'm kind of. I'm not. I've, <laughs> I'm not big on cold. <laughs> I love the cold. I oh, love no. it. It's 76 degrees outside, and I'm wearing a hoodie, man. Like that's just I. I always keep it like 68 in my house. Just yeah. I like it chill. Oh boy. Yeah, I can't do the cold. I, I'm out. This is as far north as I want to live ever in my life is Michigan. That's fair. Everything else is south. <laughs> so you're probably a big global warming fan. Then. <laughs> like, <laughs> Not a fan of it. But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's a whole nother thing. Uh, yeah, a whole nother thing. Yeah. Okay. So uh, Netflix or Hulu? Both. Do, do I have to pick one? Not really, I guess. <laughs> uh, let's say Netflix because Netflix's originals are better. I mean, there's like 500,000 of them. They do have a lot of good originals. Yeah. Hulu's trying um, to catch up. Well, and Hulu has got a couple ringers now man i'm really looking forward to the handmaid's tale yeah, yeah. that's their big one right because that's the one that's that's gotten them some like major award recognition and, and i read the books it makes me feel very cool that i read the books uh, <laughs> before they even made the show so now i watched most of season one and i don't want to spoil it for anyone listening to this but like the thing i find interesting is that my understanding is that the end of season one is basically the end of the book and there only is one book so I'm interested to watch season two just to be like, where does the story go from here? Because the, the book is pretty what? much covered. Yeah. That's yeah. it? It's only one book. And that's my understanding is that the end of huh. season one is the end of the book. And then they're just kind of Game of Thronesing it because obviously yeah. it's so successful they're going to keep making it. Yeah. But, you know. Well, and, it, and now it's being politicized and thanks to the Talabama yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So that's why I think a lot of people are getting more interested in that because of all the references and all these. Um, there's a couple of new new groups organizing to protest the abortion bills by right. dressing up in the handmaid's red cloaks and shit. That's cool. 
And so it's it's going to be a big one for Hulu at least. Yeah, um, and I think they've got the path with Aaron Paul that that got some attention. Um, that was a Hulu original, and uh, Future Man with the guy what's Josh Hutcherson Hutcherson from the the Hunger Games. That's a yeah. comedy. That sounded good. But Hulu, I mean, like Netflix. Come on, man. Like they, I know that House of Cards kind of took a shit the last few years, but that show was incredible. Well, and and Netflix is genius for the stand up comedy they support. For yeah. me, yeah, I love yeah. stand up, and me they too. have really put a lot of content out there and letting the people that would never get a shot on HBO or Showtime, like a regular special every two or three years. I mean, that's, yeah. Did you see, did you see Jesselneck's new one? I just watched that the other day. Yeah. Oh yeah. I love Anthony. That dude's a genius. He's a (laughs) sick bastard and I love it. He is a unique type of comedian where he's so offensive and uh, unapologetic. That's I like. That's right. And, and you have to be, because if you're going to go for it, you've got to commit 100%. Because if you commit 99%, you're, you're done with some of the, with some of his material. So, well, yeah. yeah. yeah so, I'd can't... say Netflix. <laughs> okay. Netflix, final answer. So, uh, Xbox or PlayStation? Neither. I, I'm not a video gamer. Not guy. a gamer? Okay. I got off the train at Super Nintendo. I mean, mm-hmm. legitimately, that's the last system that I bought, like, as a kid. Um, I bought an Xbox 360 at one point when I first moved to this area because I had friends back home who mm-hmm. had Xbox 360. And so they're like, hey, get one so we can like hang out and play. Yeah. And I was like, all right, these, com- these controllers like blow my mind because I'm used to a Super Nintendo. That's like the, yeah. the most, you know, I'm like, what is, I have to like move two different like joy pads at the same time. And I'm, you know, yeah. it makes me feel like an old man. It's very dexterous for your fingers. You got triggers, yeah. the buttons and this. I mean, <laughs> yeah, so I'd say gun to my head, Xbox, but I really don't, I could care less about video games. Okay. So if you can come back as any animal, what would you be and why? Can I be, can I just come back as a human being? Cause being a human being is kind of okay, rad. You have to, yeah. We have to exclude the human prime. Ah, son of a <laughs> b- uh, I don't know. That's a good question. Um, any, any animal at all? Yeah. Dodo bird. Oh, uh, no, no, no. Let me say uh, the Tasmanian tiger. Oh. And it's, I guess you said why, because they're yeah. extinct. But the, the thylacine, I, I'm really into like cryptozoology too. Oh. I, don't, I don't believe in a lot of it, you know, like Bigfoot and some of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, the thylacine actually is or was like a real thing. It's very well documented. It's, it lived in uh, well, Tasmania and it was hunted to extinction. But there are still like claims that the thylacine like perseveres, you know, kind mm. of in the shadows. And there's yeah. a lot of like, there's a kind of this hidden subculture of people who are like trying to prove that thylacines still exist. Um, or because they only went extinct within the last hundred years or so, they still have plenty of specimens where mm-hmm. like ge- genetic, uh, genetic, you know, recreation of species mm-hmm. is, is kind of a possibility. So if I could come back as any species, I'd say thylacine just because I think that'd be awesome as hell to like. Fair enough. Yeah. You'd be like the Loch Ness Monster t- Tasmania. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you ever listen to Aaron Ra's species um, series he does? On no. the whole, Aaron Ra does an entire thing on YouTube of breaking down all the geniuses and just that's just what he does. It's, it's a lot of information. I can't keep my eyes open half the time. Just Darwinian stuff? Yeah, just the classifications and how – these Tex- branches and all that yeah exa- exactly yeah, what that is yeah. yeah and he he just goes into it but he's so i won't say monotone but a matter of fact about it that See, i'm into that though is that weird that I, i'm like fascinated by that kind of stuff oh i like it i like to watch but i just can only take it for so long i'm like okay i gotta i need some more stimulation for, you sure. Know? <laughs> sure. people love to have me at trivia nights because like i i just want all of this random knowledge i'm just like mm, just give it to me yeah, I've won a couple of trivia nights with my coworkers here this summer, this uh, winter. I got yeah. a T-shirt and a couple of gift cards. You know, we always have fun, and 
so I love trivia as well, of course, you know. <laughs> and, I'm su- and I'm super competitive, so that if it's in my wheelhouse. Yeah, for sure. All right, so what is your greatest achievement so far? Oh, my kids. I, that might be a cop-out answer, but that's the first thing that comes to mind. And I, I, I have the greatest kids ever. And they're, they're, still, they're still wee little tots. But, um, you know, I, didn't, I haven't built any pyramids. I haven't, you know, made a million dollars. And that's all superficial stuff. Like, I, it really is what it's all about, man. Like, I've got two kids. They're the, they're the greatest kids ever. Um, it's my favorite thing that I've ever done in my life. Hands How old are your kids? What do you got? Uh, two boys, four and two. Woo-hoo-hoo. See, I got four in high school, brother. Yikes. That's a, yeah. that's a gap. It's, it's all four of them in high school this year. Well, now the oldest one just is graduating next week, but hey, congratulations. 16, 15, 14. Wait, so you've got four Four in high school. I thought you said, I thought you meant four and high school. Like that you had a four year old and a high schooler. (laughs) No, Jesus, man. Condensed. We were two and done, man. We made two cute kids and I'm like, I'm retiring from the sport of kid making at that (laughs) defeated two and oh. Wise decision, because then you got to get a freaking bus, you know, like you start getting yeah. too many kids, it doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I hear you that. So you'll be getting a game system in another probably five years. You just don't know. Well, I bought a Super Nintendo. I bought one of the Super Nintendo classics, like the, the, oh. that came out, you know, those things they came out mm-hmm. with. Um, and I hacked it because it's only supposed to come with like 12 games. Mm-hmm. But mine's got like like 100 on it because you can, I'm, I'm a nerd. I hacked it. <laughs> you I like that. Uh, okay. So if you can invite any four people alive today who would they be alive mm-hmm. oh man like just to what like to have dinner with or to sit down chit chat with um man that's a tough one four people i gotta come up with four people yeah um probably pendulette pendulette would be on the list mm. um i just he's a he's a huge hero of mine and i just i just love the man um kevin smith i think kevin smith would be an awesome person to just sit down and have a conversation with um, that's a tough one. I, I, for those two to start with. So I suppose like I'm really, I'm really struggling here. Cause I want to give good answers and there's a lot of pressure right now. What's her name? That's from uh, uh pitch perfect. The, the actress. Why, I'm like drawing a blank just because I'm here on this show. You got me brothers. I have never seen pitch perfect. Anna man. Oh man. Wait a minute. Is she from also like the vampire shows? She Anna was Kendrick? in uh, Yeah, Anna Kendrick. Yeah, Anna Kendrick. I, I, Anna Kendrick. I'd invite her just because I've got a giant crush on her. Yeah, she's um, a cutie. And she is, and she is a cutie. So I suppose then the fourth person certainly ought to be my wife, <laughs> just to make sure that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's the first. I like that. Just to cover my butt and, and my wife. <laughs> so, yeah, so we're gonna so we're gonna have Pendulette. Kevin Smith, oh. Anna Kendrick, and just to be very clear to Anna, my intentions my wife would also be there and she's got to sit on the other side of the table. Yeah. Wife's got to be here. She's got to sit over there. Yes. Yeah. We'll keep a respectable <laughs> difference. I'm a yeah. fan of her work, dude. That's I'm a fan of her uh-huh. work. Okay. She's a talented young lady. She's got some great work. Let me tell you. She is pretty <laughs> awesome though. I don't know if you've ever seen like following her on Twitter. Like she's, she wrote a book mm-hmm. that's kind of a compilation of anecdotes that she wrote. She's actually just like legit, a really cool human being. Mm. Um, and I do happen to have a, a, a little bit of a crush on her as well. Yeah, is she she's the hall pass. <laughs> I, maybe, yeah, maybe I don't know. I'll have to have that conversation separately. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, same question, but people just passed. 
people that have passed. Oh, that's yep. a little bit easier because Abraham Lincoln would be one. I'm, I'm okay. fascinated by U.S. presidential history. So definitely Abraham Lincoln. Then I'd throw in there um, maybe Benjamin Franklin just because that, mm-hmm. that'd be a good one. Um, Vlad, Vlad Tepish. Uh, I'd probably want to make sure that there was some kind of barrier in place to, for everyone's safety. And then I would say uh, Jesus Christ. If, if there was, in fact, a historical Christ, I would right. love to have a conversation with, with the man. Yeah, so that comes with a caveat. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, because I mean, like, I, there's a book called Did, Did Christ Exist or something like that. And it's, mm-hmm. it was written by an atheist. And he was basically saying, like, look, there is a lot of evidence historically to support the notion that there was a Jesus of Nazareth. Now, his divinity is a whole separate question. That's not right. the question trying to answer right. mm-hmm. um, but you know it's not even a, a, an absolute certitude that he did exist but if he right. did i'd love to speak with the man and be like hey man do you know all this shit they're saying about you like oh boy yeah yeah that's true yeah because yeah. people in history don't know what, what effect they have on the future right you know like right. van gogh he died yeah, exactly. a, a, a peasant he was poor and crazy and a drunk and sure one ear lopped off you know <laughs> Yeah, yeah, for Wait, sure. Like it, it was that Van Gogh that cut his ear off? Yeah, it was Van Gogh. That okay, was yeah, Van Gogh. Yeah. But okay. like it makes me think like dude, there were seriously people who really thought that the Blair Witch project was was like actual footage. Like that's how easy it is to mistake fashion. Oh, yeah. So oh. like th- this dude who lived 2000 years ago or at least mm-hmm. supposedly lived 2000 years ago, mm-hmm. it really would make me wonder like if he if he existed you know, because like the Bible wasn't even written until 50 to 100 years after he supposedly died. And I'd want to know, like, is any of this true? Like, do you know, like, is this, you know, do you sanction this book, you know? Right, or, right. Or is the, you get the one, the Bibles with the red letters. Yeah. And you're yeah. like, bro, was that you? I, I kind of like to imagine he'd be like, those said I did what? No, 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 yeah. no, no, no. Look, like we ran out of wine. I ran down the road real quick. I came back and brought more wine. And they were like, oh, bro, I thought you were going to get some water. And I'm like, no, dudes, I brought some wine. But like that whole thing got taken way out of context or, yeah. you know, like it, Lazarus, would be Lazarus was just choking on a ham sandwich and I gave him the Heimlich maneuver and like, yeah, this, this shit got blown way out of proportion. Yeah. Or Mary. Yeah. Oh, don't even get started on Mary. She's like, I went away for the weekend and came back pregnant. <laughs> waka waka. <laughs> Jeez. Don't be get, talking about my mama. Get stoned to death or make up a really good story. Yeah. <laughs> That's her options. Uh, yeah. So that was, I've always thought about that. Like if she only knew how far that little lie could go, it'd be interesting. Uh, interesting to have a conversation yeah for sure yeah okay so two two more left um if you were the president and you had the magic wand you had the congress and senate behind you for the votes what's the top three things on your agenda oh man this is a really really tough one um they get tougher as you go (laughs) they really do this is like the the who wants to be a millionaire like i I don't even have any (laughs) lifelines can i not like call a friend or something (laughs) yeah and I want to give answers that are like insightful and like meaningful and poignant, but I also don't want to like piss a bunch of people off. That's, that's like the legitimate conflict oh. that I'm having in my brain right now. Man, so, that's my life, bro. Give me the question one more time. Re- if you can be the president today, the POTUS, and you have the magic wand to push through some legislation, what's your top three agendas? What do you want to change? What do I want you to know? change? What's important um, to you? Cause I mean, I would obviously say like, I would make sure that abortion access for all is a thing, but with, with, but like that's legally already a thing. It's like they're trying to undo that. But that's I guess true. my 
my first thing would be to put a stop to any of the any of the anti-abortion legislation that's currently being put pushed through at the state level. If I had a magic wand and if I could mm-hmm. do that, I'd be like, "Look, guys, so that be an amendment." Abortion, well, I guess, but like because mm-hmm. a lot of those states, like even though abortion is legal federally, like a lot of states still have the ability to impose their own restrictions to a certain mm-hmm. degree. You know, and that's yeah. and that's happening right now. Yeah. So if time. I had a magic wand, I'd be like, "Guys." Anyone who wants an abortion, this is not complicated. Anyone who wants an abortion can get mm-hmm. an abortion. Um, number two, I would put in much, much stricter legislation for separation between church and state in terms of, um, I, yeah. oh, that, I guess is an easy one. I could say I would make churches um, pay taxes. That'd be an easy one if I had a magic wand. Yeah. Um, churches should pay taxes just like every other entity when you've got these Joel Osteens living in these palatial estate mansions. And Yeah. Well, yeah. you know what the slippery slope is on that? Those I actually looked into that is they, the, main reason they want to the main reason churches are tax exempt or one of the main characteristics is they cannot support a candidate politically mm-hmm. um so when if we did tax them then they can go i'm for this person or that person which they're already doing and i, and I, and I was gonna say they already do i'd say that's fine and if i'm yeah. the president and i'm an openly atheist president then i'm not intimidated by that like right. yeah sure let the churches elect donald trump if they want to like yeah. but you're but you're gonna pay your taxes <laughs> oh think of the catholic church alone right yeah the amount billions of, we could, we could solve the national deficit in like a week if churches paid taxes yeah a swift move that's for sure <laughs> yeah so that's two right i still yep. got one i don't want to let myself off the hook so separation of church and state by taxing them or no okay. you said abortions yeah abortions for everybody who wants them like oprah like you yeah. get an abortion and you get an abortion <laughs> and you get an abortion um and then i would definitely want to make sure that churches <laughs> were held to the same tax standards as, as, any, as anyone else i would still want there to be um tax exempt status for certain I think just the notion that you believe in a sky wizard unto itself should not qualify you for taxes. Right. Or invent a religion. I mean, the status. That's what I would want to. Yeah. Yeah. Which kind of just shows how flawed the system is anyway. Well, the you church know, because is like, Satan, like, like the satanic temple, mm-hmm. there's a lot more to it than that. That's what I was just, that's what I was literally just going to say. And like, they're kind of just proving that point for the sake of proving that point. They're doing a lot of other good things too. But part of their point is like, look, if, if you guys can do it, then we can do it. And they're right. But yep. I would love it even better if just no religions were tax exempt. If you want to start a religion, right. go ahead. If you want to have a building, you got to pay property taxes on it. If you mm-hmm. get income, you have to pay taxes on it like any other business. Well, and what I look what I like about the idea of taxing them is then they have to have open books. Yes. Auditable. That's, they're they're not auditable and they're they're it's such a tax haven. Uh, and I think honestly that a lot of places use it to wash money. Right. You know, yeah. say, okay, well, this is coming from a sketchy spot. Let's put it here and write it off. And then I don't have to worry about uh, justifying where it come from. It's just there. Right. Type of thing for the churches. But yeah, I agree with that. Totally. Yep. So you said the abortion for all federally and then separation of church and state and then taxing the churches. Yeah. I mean, I guess is that a combination? churches would be, it would be, yeah. And I, cause I don't want to, like I said, I'm not trying to cop out. I guess separation of church and state is kind of like a, it's too broad. So I tried to be more specific by saying that taxes, uh, mm-hmm. churches should have to pay taxes. And then I would say like, I would make sure, um, I, I really hate the idea of, um, private schools being funded with public dollars, you know? So I would yeah. probably, So there's three for you, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And the last one's the most important one. Did you vote? D- yes, absolutely. Bam. 
That's what it's all about. I like a set, sticker. I like to set people up for that one sometimes. I've only had one no so far. So. Although honestly, and I, I really did vote, but like even if someone didn't, it, I would I would lie. If I hadn't voted, I would lie and say I did because I wouldn't want to be on this show. And I'll say if you're on here with those kind of questions. Yeah, for sure. You better, you better say yes. But I'm and, you know, and, I would, and I would want to cover my butt for anyone who's going to Monday morning quarterback my answers. Like, I obviously didn't know I was going to get asked these questions. Mm -hmm. I'm sure if I had a week to think about them, I probably could come up with, I, I don't know about better, because I think I stand behind all three of those things that I picked. Mm -hmm. But I'm sure I could probably put more thought into it and, right. and prioritize my answers better. Yeah. But yeah, I absolutely voted. Because anyone who claims to give a shit about any of this stuff and doesn't vote is mm -hmm. calling part, the kettle black. Part of the problem. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yep. And so that's the baker's dozens, brother. It's just nice. not everybody. Everybody's got a little better feel for you. You got you got certain shows. You're quirky about this and that. These are your things, man. So it's cool, you know. I survived. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so you know, uh, so the big thing is I want to talk about is your podcast and some of the activism's being done in your area specifically has been pretty cool because I, I interviewed um, the VP uh, Daniel yeah. Dick. Yep. Yep. Uh, he gave some, he had, a, he had some good responses, <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah. So what was your, what's your upbringing? What's your background with religion and how'd you become an atheist? Like what's your journey into atheism? Sure. And, and I'm sure if you're listening to, uh, to there is no Godcast, I, I told this story, I think on like the second episode, but the, the broad strokes is that I was raised in a, in a pretty normal, stereotypical middle-class American life, right? I had you know, two parents. Um, my mom is Catholic. My dad just never really cared. So my mom kind of was just always in charge of, of our religious upbringing. And she brought us to church, you know, very dutifully. Um, we hated it as, as we were wont to do as young children. But we went, and I usually just used church as like my daydreaming time to like picture all of the adventures that I would have if I had like superpowers and, and dumb stuff like that. <laughs> um, and so like, you know, we had to go to catechism class every week, and I hated that too. And the older I got, the more I started to realize, like, wait a minute, like, this doesn't make any sense. Like, I realized at some point that the tooth fairy wasn't real. I realized at some point that Santa Claus wasn't real. I figured that all out. And it was, like, revelatory for me at the time. Mm -hmm. And it's because, like, my, I had a babysitter. This is, this, this is not what you ask, but this is what the answer you're getting. I had a babysitter come over to my house one time to, I don't know, drop something off or pick something up or whatever. Her name was Christy. Um, and she didn't realize she was doing it because I think she just assumed like subconsciously that I was old enough that I ought to not believe in Santa Claus anymore, but I still did. Mm -hmm. And when she came over, she was like, did whatever it is her business was. And then she saw me like with a toy mm -hmm. playing with it or holding it in my hand. And she's like, Oh, and it was a toy I had gotten from Santa Claus. And she's like, Oh yeah, I knew you were getting that, that you're, that was in my bingo. <laughs> hey, son of a, like I, I got you, you red hooded, jolly son of a, you're not real. I knew it. And yeah. so like, that was a big moment for me. It sounds silly, but it was because in the, in the intervening months, whatever it was, if I was 10 or however old it was, I was like, I started to realize, well, Santa Claus isn't real. Then why, why does any of this have to be real? You know? And I started having these doubts. Yeah. I started to ask more pointed questions in my catechism class. And I, as I, as I talked about on my show, it was when I was in the year of confirmation, which is a big mm -hmm. deal in Catholicism. Right. Um, it's kind of like a put up or shut up type of moment. And I like, it was right at the beginning of, of this year of classes where I was just like, look, I don't, I don't believe this stuff. I really don't. Mm -hmm. They couldn't give me satisfactory answers to my questions. Um, and they didn't want to, like they wanted to teach this dumb catechism class and they wanted all the kids to just like recite the prayers and take the oaths. And like, yes. that's how it was supposed to be. And they didn't want some 13 year old kid um, yeah. upsetting the apple cart. So I got kicked out 
mm-hmm. physically, they said, leave, go sit, go sit outside on the playground and wait till your parents get here. And they did. And that night we had a pretty long conversation where they were like, look, you're getting confirmed. And I was like, look, no, I'm not. Like it was, it was kind of like a, a defining moment in my autonomy to be like, mm-hmm. you, you can't make me do this. Like you can punish me. Mm-hmm. You can ground me. I, I don't care. Yeah. I'm actually doing this out of respect for the institution because like, I'm, if you guys are all for it, I'm all for you being all for it, but I don't believe it. And I'm not going to disrespect the institution of the church. Obviously I have a lot bigger problems with the church now as, as an adult with that yeah. viewpoint. But as a kid, I was like, it's fine. You guys do you, but I'm not going to do it. It's disrespectful to me to get up there and take an oath that I don't, I don't believe in. Um, and so they kind of just were stumped at that point and they didn't know what to do with it. Cause like, they're yeah. like, you know, like, I mean, we can't round him forever. Like what, what are we going to do? He seems pretty stubborn. So that was kind of just it, but they stopped making me go to catechism. Um, I kind of just started identifying as an atheist at that point. Um, I waffled a bit in college and it's cause I met a girl and she was not an atheist. So I kind of tried to get back on board. Um, and that didn't, you know, tiger can't change his stripes, man. Right. <laughs> yeah. I hear you there. Yeah. I had a similar, I had an upbringing. My grandmother is a Pentecostal preacher. So to this I, day, she's still a, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's fire and brimstone type, you know? Um, so my family's all hardcore fundamentalist Pentecostals. So we just don't sure we don't agree on anything. <laughs> so, and my family's really not so much like my mom does still, I'm, I'm quite sure identify as being a Catholic, but like she, does, it's not like a big thing. Like she, my right. mom is, is the sweetest, most understanding and um, compassionate woman that, mm-hmm. that there ever was. And I, I think that she's sad that I don't believe in God anymore, but she would never make me feel guilty about it. She's always um, unconditionally loved me for who I am. Um, I, I could not ask for a more supportive mom. Like my, my dad's, my dad's a good guy. He and I have never been particularly close and I won't, it's not like in any kind of like super painful way, mm-hmm. but just, we're not super close. Um, but my mom, yeah, dude, she, you couldn't ask for a more supportive mom in terms of always making me feel like I'm, I'm a good person regardless right. of whether or not we share religious beliefs. Mm-hmm. And I know that I am very lucky in that way, you know, cause yeah. a lot of people don't, don't have that. Oh, no. Well, in some countries you get killed for it. So, supportive of me, you know? Yeah. Well, um, so you've had some other podcasts and how long has this podcast been going on? You've done it. There is no Godcast. Um, it's probably been what, maybe like four or five months now. I do episodes mm-hmm. every other week and I just published episode number 11. So mm-hmm. that would be I guess mathematically, like twenty-two weeks that I've there been you doing go. it. You know, <laughs> yeah. And uh, let's go ahead and bring it up, man. Here's the the elephant in the room, man. You had a great interview on your podcast with Matt Delahunte and the other uh, host, uh, Phil Session. Phil, there you go. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that was you guys are at the convention. I think that's that's awesome. That's huge. Um, all the I, credit I just, goes to goes to Daniel and Troy for that. Daniel Troy is the president of the board of NIA. Daniel, as you mentioned earlier, is the VP. Um, they were there. We were all there together at the convention. I I was actually there at Troy's invitation because he had he got a plus one, mm-hmm. and he was kind enough to think of me and say, "Hey, you should come and you know you can plug the podcast and maybe get some interviews." Mm-hmm. Um, so I went, and uh, they brought it up to me several times, like asking Matt, uh, and I was I was you know I was really scared to ask because I was frankly like just worried he'd say no and that that right. would just be bruising to my ego. Um, and I would have understood him saying no is the, is the thing. Cause he's a yeah. very, he's a prominent guy. He's an important guy. I'm sure that he had a lot of people vying for his attention everywhere he went. Um, yeah. but Daniel and Troy, they just were like, screw it. They were chatting with one of his, um, I think audio, 
uh, people who kind of was, was like kind of in his, I wouldn't say entourage, but part of his crew at, at the his table. Team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he was a super nice guy. He actually gave me some really great tips on, on audio production and mm-hmm. that was kind of the end. Right. And I think they mentioned to him like, Hey, we'd love it if Matt would give us a few minutes. And he was like, shit, man, he's right over there. He's like, I'll, I'll go get him. And he brought him over and it just kind of happened like right there on the spot. So I was not prepared, which is probably better because right. if I had had time to prepare, I would have psyched myself <laughs> out. You know, I was just like, it was yeah. surreal. He was yeah. awesome. You probably would have, huh? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll probably have to edit that out. <laughs> I'm like, oh boy, does this get warmer in here? Or I don't know. <laughs> I'm probably going to edit that out. Oh, shit. That's funny. Sorry. <laughs> Maybe I you should. I make myself laugh, man. Shit. <laughs> but yeah, I've been really trying to find a way to get to some conventions because A, it's expensive for travel, and I'm a father sure. of four in high school. So. Right. And this summer, man, I got a kid graduating and it's birthday season. All my extracurricular money's going to go towards man. all that stuff. And it sucks. But you're telling me, I mean, like the fact that I was even able to just by some, some sheer miracle be free that weekend to go because it was Easter weekend was the convention. And I was like, well, obviously mm-hmm. Easter's not a thing for us. Um, so I went and did that. But I can relate, dude. Like it's mm-hmm. tough. And that's part of why um, I do so many remote interviews because it's like, you know, a lot of people, they volunteer their time and I want to support that and I want to encourage that. But like, I just really don't have a lot of time where I can physically go be somewhere because I need to be at home taking care of our kids. And mm-hmm. we've got, we both, my wife and I both work full time. Um, but like my podcast is something I can do from, I mean, you're looking at it. Like I can yeah. do it from right here in my, my spare bedroom um, because I can be home. Like they'll, the kids will be down there playing and eating fish sticks and whatever. <laughs> uh, so this is kind of like my way of contributing in the way that I can. You right. Know? That's the only um, way you can do it. You got to do it. Yeah. And it's usually not that easy to get Matt Dillahunty to just like be available for me when I'm here in my, but like when he's at the convention, it was just, it was a hail Mary. No problem. And it worked out. Yeah. That's awesome though, man. So I've, I've been listening to your podcast cause you know, I just like content cause I drive all day long. I'm a, a home care therapist. Oh, okay. So I drive all day long home to home and I probably listen to podcasts 90% of the day. Sure. Uh, cause I hate public radio. It's, it's, this regurgitation of the same old content. It's just awful. Yeah. And that's why podcasts are so great. Cause you can pick your poison, like whatever it is in the world that you're mm-hmm. interested in, you can yeah. find it. Yeah. Yeah. You could be into, yeah, uh, yeah, you could be into the oddest thing and there's a podcast out there. And if there isn't, you should start one. That's why I started the chicken hunt because like, I love, that's exactly my, you're right. Because like anytime I watch a new movie or start a new show or read a new book, the first thing I do when I get done with it, is I'll go to the, my podcast app and be like, oh, I want to I want to find a podcast about this. I want to listen to people discuss it and hear mm-hmm. other people's perspectives on it. Yeah. And um and I when I read these books, I'm like, man, these books are freaking amazing. They're hilarious. And there was no. It's like the first thing I ever looked for podcast wise that there wasn't one. So I was like, yeah. I'll do shit. I'll do it myself. Yeah, and it could be a it could have a a start and an end date predetermined. You know, like okay, sure. this is gonna have a, an ending. Right. Some of these things we're doing now, you have no idea how long it's going to go on for. It's very uh, open-ended. It's yeah. kind of daunting. <laughs> well, when I thought about this, I started mine back in, I think it was sep- September, October. Um, but yeah, it's been like seven months maybe for me. Um, and I thought, man, if I could just get somebody to listen, yeah, I'll, it'll give me a reason to do it next week. You know, And then you kind of build upon that momentum. And you don't know where it's going to go. You could fizzle out in a year and get tired of putting forth all this time and effort and acquiring skills that I did not have. Editing. Sure. 
I didn't know anything I'm just, about I'm, mites. I'm making it up. I'm making it up as I go. Yeah, man. It's it's a it's one of those things. It's a labor of love, and uh, that's all you got to be looking for in return. At first, it's not a, a money thing. It's just a a feel good hobby. Yeah, that you can express your views and content. Like you can't talk about this stuff at work, right? Without risking your employment status, at least potentially. Yeah, for a lot <laughs> yeah. of people, that's the case. Yeah, well, I had one of my supervisors at work. Um, my manager, she comes up to me at work and she goes real loud. She goes, boys, you're an atheist. And I, I get that like, all the time when people will be like oh so shocked. And I'm like, yeah, that's mm-hmm. the point. The, the fact that you're shocked is the problem. Like right. the fact that I'm an atheist and the fact that you at least interpret me to be a reasonably nice person, mm-hmm. like those two things should not be so shocking to coexist. Like right. there's, you know, well, it's like, then she, then people ask us like, oh really? Well, we never heard that. I'm like, why would you? Yeah. It's work. Yeah. You know, well, exactly. It's I'm there it's to work. do my job. I'm not, yeah. you know, and I think my wife on the episode that she did of, of Godcast where we interviewed her, she, she kind of shared an anecdote where someone was like, found out that she was an atheist and they were like, Molly, you're, you're an atheist. And she was like, yeah. And she's like, but you just seem so, so Christian, you know? And it's like, well, yeah, mm. like that's how a lot of people interpret it is that like being a good person and being a Christian are synonymous and they're, and they're not. Right. Right. You know, yeah. They're very much not. <laughs> Which is not to say that Christians aren't good people, but like they're not, they're not um, inextricably connected. Like there are plenty of Christians who are not good people. There are plenty of atheists who are. And, you know, I just don't like versa. the stereotype. And vice versa. I just yeah. hate the stereotyping. Well, that's the thing too. I, I started out listening to podcasts was Joe Rogan's podcast and Seth Andrews with the Atheist Podcast. Sure. And, or the Thinking Atheist, I mean. And I love Joe Rogan. Uh, Joe Rogan's just, a, he's, a, he's, a, he's an animal. Yeah, he is. God. Um, but he, uh, Seth Andrews talk, talked about he had to learn to to pull back the reins a little bit and not just run around with a, a letter A over his head, like the scarlet letter, you know, and just get to know people and then let them be surprised that you're an atheist. Like, wait a minute. Now he got a little cognitive dissonance. He's a nice guy. He does charitable things. He's humane, good parent, good husband. And he's an atheist. Uh-oh. He doesn't fit my little category, my little exactly. bubble. Exactly. Because if someone finds out you're an atheist first, that's the first thing they find out about you. That's going to mm-hmm. prejudice their view mm-hmm. every on everything moving forward. Whereas yeah. if they just find out that they like you, and then you kind of slip in mm-hmm. after the fact. Once you've kind of already got your your hooks in them, like, yeah, I'm, I'm actually I don't believe in God or I don't go to church, and they're like, huh. Mm-hmm. I mean, I already made up my mind that this dude's pretty all right. He yeah. doesn't smell like an atheist. He doesn't look like an atheist. Yeah. Like, that's the point, dude. You can't smell us or see us. Like, we, yeah. you know, we're the same yeah. as everybody else. We don't smell like sulfur, you know? <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, maybe we do, but if we do, there's probably a reason for it. <laughs> a scientific reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But, yeah, I've had patients where I go into people's homes. I've had patients ask me to leave their house. Sure. Because I wouldn't pray with them or let them lay hands on me. Right. And I was like, listen, um, this is work. I'm not going to participate. And they're like, we want a God-fearing man in our house. Sure. And, and then I get a little irritated. I'm like, so you want me to be scared of the same thing you're scared of? Yeah. Which is, I mean, and, it's, and you know, and that's their prerogative. Like I'm a, yeah. I'm a big believer in individual liberties. Like if they don't want mm-hmm. someone who doesn't share their religious beliefs to provide them therapy, then that's fine. But like it's, mm-hmm. it's, I'm, it hurts my feelings and I'm allowed to, to feel that way about it. Well, technically at work, you're not allowed to ask an employee anyway. Sure. Even at a patient's request, they can't be like, yeah, I'll find you a Buddhist, you know? Right. It doesn't work that way. But I also will fight for everyone's right to believe whatever they want to believe. That's, sure. that's my big thing. The freedom to 
worship your tree in your yard. I don't care. It doesn't hurt anyone around you. Go for it. You know, right. Kick yourself in the nuts. Just don't kick me in the nuts. Yeah, you know? yeah for sure. That's what it comes down to. Uh, but yeah, so you guys have had some pretty good uh, activism going on over there too with the school stuff I talked to Daniel about. And um, So what made you want to start this podcast? Oh, I, I, I did some Facebook videos. There was, this, there was a thing called National Coming Out as Atheist Day, and I try to participate in that every year. And um, the, the last year... I, I missed it. Like I was on Facebook and I, I was scrolling through someone's feed and I saw it and it was dated like yesterday. And I was like, Oh shit, I missed, I missed it. I usually will post the meme saying like, I'm an atheist. Ask me anything. Right. Yeah. I did that too. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. So I, I did that a day late and uh, I was like, I was in a hotel. My wife and I had gone to do something the night before. I don't, I don't remember exactly what, but I was in a hotel and I think she was like in the shower or doing whatever. And I was just sitting there and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to make, um, I, I did a post and someone asked me a question and for whatever it is that possessed me to do it, I just turned on my phone and I started recording myself on Facebook um, live and I made mm -hmm. a video answering the question and um, it was only like five minutes, whatever it was, but a, I had a lot of people uh, say like, Hey, this was, that was really good, man. Like you should do another one. I was like, all right, well, if anyone has any more questions for me, I'd be happy to do another one. So I did a second mm -hmm. one. I did a third one. And then I had a few people message me. <laughs> I'm like, stop. But they messaged me and were like, dude, you should like make this a thing. Like you should do something with this. Yeah. And I had already been doing the chicken hut. Uh, so I was like, I mean, I know there's, you can't swing a dead cat without hitting, uh, an atheist podcast these days, but you know, whatever. I've never had an atheist podcast and maybe I'll have something to say that's different mm -hmm. than those other shows. Maybe just my approach will, I don't know, catch someone the right way where other shows caught them the wrong way. And that's something that Matt Dillahunty said in my interviews. He's like, we need as many voices as we can, mm -hmm. you know, like the more voices there are, the more normal this will all become. And that's kind of how it all got started. Like I had gone through the process of starting a podcast with my other show. So I knew it, you know, mm -hmm. it was, it was difficult to do the first time because I had no frame of reference, but once I had done it, I was like, well, now I know exactly what to do. I got to go to Podbean. Yeah. It's like, you know, 10 bucks mm -hmm. a month for the hosting. Um, I know how to get into iTunes. So I was like, why not? I just went for it. And mm -hmm. I talked to Dan and Troy cause I knew that they had been um, talking about doing a podcast and they were like, we'd love it if you would head that up. And I was like, you know, yeah. sure, let's do it. That's a win. It helps yeah. to have a support system to for start sure. with. That's huge. Yeah. Just to get it out there. It just yeah. uh, help with your promotion. The first week you'll have more than one person listening to it. You know, <laughs> yeah, I kind of just co-opted their their audience base. You know, because like yeah. they already had, and like they had just around that same time been doing the um um the the display they did at around the holidays mm -hmm. uh, at City Hall. Yeah. Um, why can't I like again? I'm drawing a blank on like what the catchphrase was, but it was like "good for goodness sake" or you know something like right. that. Mm -hmm. And that got, that got like national attention. Like that mm -hmm. was made headlines all across the country. And I was like, man, this, this is like a perfect storm, you know, cause like NIA is getting a lot of attention right now. If I can hurry up and get the show off the ground. And I think the first episode was like in the first couple weeks of January um, to kind of strike while the iron's hot. And it's just, yeah. it all worked out really well right from there. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds perfect. Well, that's a funny thing. Like when I first started thinking about doing a podcast was, um, I thought there were already enough quote unquote atheist podcasts. I'm like, well, I don't want to be just another atheist podcast. Then I looked up, there's a podcast called another atheist podcast. Yeah, exactly. Georgia. I was yeah. like, God damn, this has been thought about a couple times over. Um, but I, at first I thought about doing one about men's mental health. Sure. Cause I was going through years of therapy with couples counseling and then a men's group and then individual therapy 
to work out my own stuff, you know? And, uh, I thought that was a good idea, but then I thought, man, I'm limiting half the demographics of the world by right. labeling it men's mindfulness or mindful men. And then I thought, man, I, part of me is religion. It's, that's, that's my thing, man. I thought I have to do something with atheism. And that's why I chose skeptics. I'm like, you know, I'm skeptical about the government. I'm skeptical about religion, of course. But that's what kind of got me slowly finding my path. Sure. I had a, I had a broad scope to think about because I don't know anybody else has done this. Like, not around here where I'm at because I'm in Southwest Michigan where it is so uh, conservative, uh, much like Indiana. You sure. know, Mike Mike Pence's home, uh, surprisingly enough. Uh, yeah. But yeah, <laughs> talk about the handmaid's tale right there yeah oh boy oh yeah. dude mm -hmm. oh you know what you were talking about skeptics and skepticism and it just reminded me of some like you know skepticality i don't i just made that word up i'm pretty sure about issues other than just religion and it just made me click that um in in, in the skeptics group that i'm in we, we talk a lot about anti-vax stuff oh god and, and it made me want to go back to those answers that I gave you on things I would fix with a magic wand if I were the president is I would eliminate religious exemptions to vaccinations. I'd, I'd eliminate religious exemptions from everything. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. But like vaccinations would be that's like, a a, big, yeah, that's a big one. Well, to me, that's a public health issue. Right, because that affects me. That affects my kids, you know. And, well, and your, would, your kid is two. Right, yeah. There are vaccinations he's not old enough to have yet. Right. You know, yeah, and there like, are other kids who have immunocompromising um, diseases or conditions where it's mm -hmm. like, yeah, if, if you're not physically, medically well enough to get a vaccination, that's why you need that herd immunity. So we mm -hmm. can't have a bunch of these like Jenny McCarthy acolytes running around, oh. you know, or you know, whatever the other religions are that are like, no, no, thank you. No vaccinations. Like, no, you're going to, if certainly if you want to exist in public or go to public schools, right. that's, you're going to need to go ahead and get them. Yeah. I kind of agree with that too, where anti-vaxxing. So if you choose to put yourself at risk, we can't allow you in public schools. Right. I period. didn't know they could. Like, yeah. I, my kids in school, you had, to, you had to have a shot record, period. Yeah. And now they're giving them too much liberty of, uh, or privilege, I guess you'd call it. Um, so, yeah, if you want to have a school out in the middle of the country, all your little smallpox, your smallpox village, go right ahead. Yeah, privately but, funded. You ain't getting any you, taxpayer dollars. But you got to stay over there because you can't. It's like a leper colony eventually where they're all going to have smallpox right. and I hate to say it's Darwinian, but it could be Darwinian then. <laughs> right. And I, and I would stop myself short of saying that I would ever forcibly require someone to have the government stick a needle in someone's arm. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that that would violate um, one's own agency too, too yes. far. Yeah, but, I like don't I said, if, but if you want to go to public schools, if you want to receive Social Security, if you mm -hmm. want to, I mean, name, I mean, like, really, even if you want to be born in a hospital that is, like, publicly funded, mm -hmm. like, I would mm -hmm. say, like, if you want to, if you want to participate in this country, then you got to be vaccinated. <laughs> Otherwise, like, you can physically exist in space. And if I take my kids out to, to a privately owned grocery store, mm -hmm. then like I have no right to tell you not to be there because it's my choice to be there as well. Right, and that's the right. risk I choose to take. Mm -hmm. But if you wanna if you want to basically reap the benefits of this country, then you need to get on board with established science and yeah. help us all eliminate these preventable diseases. Oh, and that's why I am so active now politically because we need a science-based uh, secular government more now right. than ever because this this social media platform is a new thing and it's and it's a breeding ground for ignorance. For sure. Cause, like the flat earthers, like it's uh, dumb, but it's harmless. Like you believe what you want to believe. It doesn't hurt me. But like your kid wandering around with measles, that hurts me. Like that hurts my child. That's, mm -hmm. you know, that's where we have yeah. a, 
that's where we have a problem. I have some flat earth friends. I'm trying like hell to get on the podcast. They just won't do it. I would love it, but there's simple exercises you can do in front of them. Doesn't matter. And be like, see, and they'll be like, Oh, that's not your heliocentric model or whatever <laughs> excuse tap dance. They want to do. Uh, I, I love debating those guys just for a little fun. It's kind of a good practice to, to, to learn how to debate. Um, with social media where you just you get a good practice running with the flat earthers and the anti-vaxxers with you know just science and statistics you can you can lead a horse to water but you can't make it not dumb as shit <laughs> right i'm pretty sure i'm getting that expression spot on I, I think you so. gotta almost drown them to get them to drink the damn water yeah, you know yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's what i worry about where we're having these little outbreaks of public health safety situations where kids are the ones everybody's like oh the kids well yeah now we can say that with some real science behind us. Like, here's these kids dying of measles from the fever alone and chicken pox and right. uh, what the MMR, uh, measles, mumps, and rubella. Rubella, yeah. Yeah. And so they can all make a comeback if we allow it. And uh, like you said, I agree with you on that point of if you can't come to a publicly funded place without the publicly accepted health codes. <laughs> Bless you. Thank you. But I think we have a government that has used science to get to this reasonable place where we all agree that these are standards we all agree upon. And now we're allowing people to have exemptions. Right. Just that's not the whole point. You know, like this is a public health safety thing. And uh, gosh, we're getting dumber by the minute, it seems. Because, uh, yeah, well, it's I big could, pharma. It's big pharma. Yeah, you know what? Big pharma sucks, and they're evil, and they're greedy, and they are making a lot of money. But that doesn't change the fact that people don't die from measles anymore, mm -hmm. or they weren't, and now they are. Like, yes, you can believe yeah. that big pharmaceutical companies are evil, and I'm sure mm -hmm. that they are in a lot of ways. But like, yeah. that doesn't mean that vaccines don't work. You know, it well, there's sucks a reason rich <laughs> off of them, but there's know. a reason they sell so many. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's, like, there's a reason why everyone loves pizza because it's. Delicious. Pardon my drop on the F bomb, but like hey, I, I don't edit that out. I'm, vaccines uh, are the pizza of the medical world. Like everyone loves them for a reason. There's my quotable one right there. There I you love. go. <laughs> vaccines are the pizza of the medical field. Outstanding. Right. I quote you go. on that one. That's a good one. <laughs> it's but all yeah, downhill from here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I think that uh that honestly, I was inspired to do the podcast because I thought there's not enough activism in my area specifically because if I made a statement on Facebook or Twitter or whatever about anything that's secular, here they come. Yeah. And I thought, okay, mother here it is. I'm going to do some shit that's really going to piss you off. Because, yeah. like, I live over here by Silver Beach in St. Joe, Michigan. Very, very popular, um, what do you call it, vacation spot. Tourist attraction. Absolutely. Yeah. Silver so Beach Pizza, phenomenal. You've been? Oh, yeah, dude. Oh, yes. I yeah, that's, yeah. That's I, I, won't, I won't get into it with you on the air, but when we when we stop um, recording what we're going to air, I'll tell you some stuff. Oh yeah, it's not scandalous. It's just stuff I don't talk about when I'm on air. It's just one of my favorites. Um, yeah, it's, it should yeah. Be so like this summer, I talked to Daniel Dick and all those guys about how I can go legally set up on the pier. Sure. And have a table with a little sign that says, "What is heaven?" And debate heaven and debate hell the next week, and just I want people to get used to seeing me out there every weekend sure oh i got a good question for that atheist guy i'm gonna go show up and sit down and talk to him about it you know like start the talk instead of 
throwing stones at each other from across the highway exit. You know, it doesn't make any sense. Let's right. get face to face, sit down. Here's a mic, two mics. I won't be in control. I have two microphones. You can say what you got to say and let's talk about it without someone wanting to throw each other into peer into the water, you know, right. yeah. um, civil discourse is the best way to go. Absolutely. Um, and so I'm hoping that's what these podcasts can do is, is promote more civil discourse and, uh, debates that rely, have to use logic and reason and not just hopeful thoughts and platitudes and, you know, magic wizards in the sky type of thing, the parental, yeah. the parents in the sky. Um, and I actually did a three, I did a four part episode where I interviewed all four of my kids cause they're old enough. Sure. And I actually, cause I've had other people that listen say, Hey man, how do you talk to your kids about this shit? They're old right. enough to listen. Do you let your kids listen? Stuff like that. I'm like, Oh yeah, my kid, this ain't the first time they've heard this stuff. Right. Um, and so I sat down, I actually interviewed them all separately and asked them the baker's dozen and get to know them better in a weird way. They're my kids, but I learned something about them. And then I learned that three of my four kids believe in a creator of some sort and they're trying to figure that out. And I demonstrated how I don't want to control my kids' thoughts. I allow them space to explore it for themselves. Um, little things like that. I think that these podcasts can be helpful for, and of course to normalize it. That's sure. a big one. hundred mm -hmm. percent. Um, but yeah, I know down here in your area is very conservative as well. You got Notre Dame for crying out loud. Yeah. Holy yeah. moly. <laughs> and Mike Pence, that's a double headed sword. If I ever saw one. Well, now um, we got mayor Pete, you know, coming up and fighting a good fight. Well, you know, and I'm, I'm a, I'm pro Pete. Sure. Um, but like I'm an Andrew Yang contributor. Like I've never given money ever to a political candidate, but I actually gave money to Andrew Yang and I started a Facebook group and everything like, Hey, let's, let's see if we can't get this guy up there. Cause he makes the most sense to me. Right. Um, like he reflects some of the ideas that I would do if I was in his shoes type of thing. So, but I like Pete Buddha judge. He has some good things I like about him. Some things I don't agree with, but you can't agree with everybody's policies. It's just not going to happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. You got to run for president if you want someone to agree with all the policies. <laughs> yeah, and I think at this point with the momentum he has, part of my part of my thought process is that whether someone agrees with him 100% or not, I think any liberal can agree that Pete Buttigieg would make a better president than Donald Trump. And so like we have to just get to the point where when it becomes clear that there's a front runner mm -hmm. and it's way too early to say that he is or, or will be. Right. But I think whether it's Pete Buttigieg or whether it's Elizabeth Warren or mm -hmm. Joe Biden, whoever it winds up being, mm -hmm. like once that decision is made, we all got to set aside our squabbling as as liberals and as non-believers and be like, look, we yeah. need to band together mm -hmm. to make sure that whoever that Democratic candidate is, mm -hmm. that they get elected. Because right now it's so important with the Supreme Court appointments. Absolutely. And the federal judges, the appellate court judges. Um, All of it. And like, I'm not a big believer of the two party system, but like, and I, and mm -hmm. I do want to start working towards doing away with, with that just two party mm -hmm. system. But like, that's not going to happen this election cycle. So like mm -hmm. right now, let's get you know, the embarrassment in chief out of there mm -hmm. and uh, let's just not screw it up again. I, I totally agree with you there. Cause like I said, I'm an Andrew Yang guy, but when it comes right down to it, whoever beats my favorite candidate wins right. my vote yeah. just the way it is. And I've never thought I'd do that. Yeah. I never thought I'd do that, but here we are. This is what we've created. This little monster, this little storm. Yeah. Of silliness. <laughs> it is what it is. It's made Saturday Night Live really, really good. That's the oh, one, the one good takeaway. So there you go. It's resurrected some careers. 
but yeah i really appreciate your time man uh i know you got some kids to go take care of eventually uh, here <laughs> yeah eventually uh, yeah i should go i just i just put them in the closet and with some crackers and, that's uh, right and some sharp objects and, and a tablet there you go <laughs> yeah. but yeah man i'm gonna make a trip down there to come see you guys face to face again sometime this summer that's for sure and then we can you know we can just shake hands <laughs> absolutely all right man well i appreciate your time any parting words uh, no, I, I, this was a lot of fun. I really appreciate you having me on. And like I said, I'll, I'll stick around after we're done and we'll, we'll chat mm -hmm. a little more before I go. Uh, but this was a blast and I'll, you know, for anyone who's listening, there is no Godcast. Come check us out. Uh, I really appreciate it. So there you have it. You guys got to, uh, you know, learn some new things about your old, your old pal Noah. Uh, yeah, we got, you know, did some personal stuff, did some philosophical stuff. Uh, I had a great time. Uh, my thanks again to Boyce Littlefield of the Mindful Skeptics podcast. Um, yeah, I mean, I, frankly, doing that was, I was having a really good time. It was, it was kind of a low pressure situation for me because for once I didn't really have to worry about preparing anything. Uh, and I told him as much, like it was kind of fun for me to just sit there and ask whatever questions he had for me to answer. And uh, he was right, man. They got a little bit harder towards the end. And I was, I was struggling a little bit driving the struggle bus, but, uh, they were good questions and it, you know, it was very thought provoking and I had a really good time having a nice conversation with Boyce. So, um, hats off to you, sir. Thank you very much for having me on the show. And I'd love to have you over here sometime on there is no Godcast. So, um, we'll wrap up. I got a couple things I want to plug today. I uh, got some cool news actually. Um, NIA of course is always up to great stuff. Um, you know they're they're doing some Pride Month stuff right now, and if you if you haven't checked any of that out, I'm not sure how much of that will still be going on by the time this episode airs. But please check uh, NIA out, as I as I always say, you know they are our partners with this show, so do check them out. We also have coming up at the end of June the No Hate Rally. Um, it's going to be in Goshen. It's going to be Saturday, June 29th. 2 to 4 p.m. at Rogers Park in Goshen. It's the No Hate Rally. Uh, it's going to be awesome. There's going to be several speakers. Uh, there's going to be live music. Uh, for whatever reason, they seem to be inclined to ask me to be a speaker, which uh, was super flattering, and I am extremely humbled, uh, and I was, of course, happy to accept. So that is, that's what I'm going to be up to on Saturday, June 29th. 2 to 4 p.m. at Rogers Park in Goshen, uh, the No Hate Rally. So it's going to be great. Um, I'm going to be speaking. I, I don't really know what I'm going to say yet, but um, you know the the guy who reached out to me, his name's Tim. He's kind of uh, coordinating the whole thing, and, and he is a listener of the show, and he had some very nice things to say um, about the mini-sode in particular, the one I just kind of riffed off uh, in the driver's seat of my car. Uh, it just kind of um, it kind of spoke to him. Uh, literally and figuratively, I suppose, and he said, "Yeah, this is this would be good stuff. This is the kind of stuff we're we're trying to find speakers for at this rally we're doing this this no hate rally." So uh, yeah, I'll I'll be talking. I'll be uh, you know putting some thought into that, and I hope you can join us. It's going to be a great cause. Um, there's going to like I said, I'm not going to be the only person there. There are going to be several people there speaking. There's going to be some live music. Uh, you know, Ju man, June is a nice month to be outdoors. So if if you have, don't have anything going on that Saturday, once again, it's Saturday, June 29th. 2 to 4 p.m. at Rogers Park in Goshen, uh, the No Place for Hate rally. And if you want to check it out, uh, there is an event on Facebook. So if you just go search uh, No Place for Hate, 
or if you, I'll plug it. I'll, I'll make sure and um, advertise it. If I think I already have, but I'll make sure and put it on there again on the uh, the Ting Facebook page, and I'll probably tweet it and do that other fun stuff too. So please come out. Uh, I would love to see people there um, representing you know, any kind of interest in the show. I've been I've been really getting a lot of great feedback lately on the listenership kind of growing. I've been getting some emails, and uh, Troy has always kind of. Um, been kind enough to pass along some nice very nice things people have reached out and expressed to him about the show so please come on out it's going to be a, it's going to be a great cause we're going to have a great time just kind of celebrating the idea that we can all get along regardless of what we believe or don't believe um you know no hate everybody let's just let, let's can't we all just get along so yeah that's all i've got for you guys today as always please take some time to rate and review the show uh you know please. Uh, we still have merchandise. You can go over to the bonfire any old time at all. Uh, the official campaign ended, but the way I understand it, anytime someone goes there and orders something, it just automatically kicks off a new round, um, a new shipment of merchandise. So believe me, I, I've got I've got several things. I mean, I'm a shameless self-promoter. Um, you know, I'm going to whore this show out as much as I can. And I've actually had a couple other people buy shirts and tank tops and hoodies and things that have, that have all told me that they really like them. They're actually really nice. Um, pieces of clothing and they they look pretty good uh, all the credit to troy uh, he he does all the graphic work for the show and it's all phenomenal i, I don't thank him often enough certainly on the air so thanks so much to troy moss for designing the the layout for the shirt and all of the merchandise uh yeah that's all i've got for you guys today so be sure and support nia if you're not already a member do that please and we will see you guys next time don't stop not believing